The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Eat Sleep List. You're on for making lists and other stuff right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and today a first-time guest, another first-time guest. I'm really excited. I haven't re- actually recorded with him, oh, I guess fairly recently, but sitting down, not eating hot stuff, uh, it's been a... It's been a little while. It's been a little while. So I'd like everybody to welcome to the show the host of Your Average Ordinary, one of the bright young stars here on our wonderful network, Mr. Dan Torres. Dan, uh, welcome to Eat Sleep List. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I think you set the bar a little bit high with that with that intro Fals. there. I'm not really that special, but <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's been a while since we've been able to sit down like this. I, bet, I think it's been a few months, like right after WrestleMania or so. I think, I think it's the, last the WrestleMania time we, episode with you. Yeah. and was it Steve? and Steve was on there for that Steve one. Four yeah. Cheese, yeah, but then we did you know hot ones a couple months ago, and I definitely owe you a couple for that. So I can't even <laughs> believe you invited me to be a guest. But here we are. So this is going to be really fun. I'm looking no, it is. To this. Hey, this is the first time you've been on one of my shows too. So yeah. this is uh, pretty neat. For those who don't know, um, Dan's show, Your Average Ordinary, drops every single Saturday. Um, I try to get it up as early as I possibly can. But it, he interviews local people, and they just talk about random stuff. They talk about their lives, their careers, um, cool stuff that they do, or maybe Dan has a subject matter like a wrestling pay per view or a UFC pay per view, yeah, or something like that. They kind of just chat. Yeah, it's it's funny with that how that show's been kind of evolving because I got the concept for it because I know so many people who just kind of you would see in public every day and be like, oh, yeah, that's that guy I know, and not really know anything about them. Right. But they do so much cool shit. Like, I have friends who are professional wrestlers. I have friends who are in the theater industry and have, like, won awards doing that. Uh, my dad's coming on the show at some point. He's an illustrator, oh, which really is... Good. Yeah, so, that, so that's going to be really cool. So I started seeing that, and I was like, why don't I just start, you know, doing a show about this? But then because I know so many wrestlers, too, it's also kind of turned into this, like, wrestling forum and, like, this... MMA form because I like talking mixed martial arts. So it's a fun project and it's really taking a life of its own and I'm loving the direction it's ending That's up. good. I'm glad you're loving it. You've been, like I said, I, I love, you know, we've had such a rush of people coming into the studio space for the last, Jesus, four months mm-hmm. and it's been stellar. Everybody's been great and, you know, it's just it's just cool the culture that we're establishing here and you're, you're a big part of it. I so. love it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Like, this is a really, really great environment that you're cultivating. Thank here. you, buddy. Yeah, of course. That. Of course. Now, you actually, uh, you have a new show in the works, right? Yeah, so... Um, let's, let's hear about it. The so, first, first time this is being announced? Yeah, this is actually the first time this is being discussed, which is really cool, so I get to preview an exclusive on here, mm-hmm. and Dave will be really happy about this. Um, so my friend, Texas Dave, uh, on, uh, 101 underscore, don't forget the underscore um is a twitch streamer and he's also one of my closest friends we've known each other since we are five years old yeah so he just recently retired from twitch and he's done my podcast uh i think he's been on three separate times three or four yeah he did a solo episode and then he was on with steve for cheese twice uh when they were on 
And after the last uh, podcast that he guested on when he we did the Hot Ones Challenge, he was talking about after, I really want to do something. I would love to do a podcast now that this is done. And he was kind of talking to Steve about it a little bit. And Steve was like, yeah, you know, maybe. And, like, I, I think the reason now is because uh, Steve's back twitching back on, like, Twitch. I, okay. I, on and off now. So, um, But I remember after uh, he said that that night, we were on the uh, like PlayStation together playing something. And I go, you know, if you wanted to do a podcast, I've been looking for another project to start, too. So I would love to do one with you. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. So we've been talking for a while, and we're, we're starting a show called Dishin Disses. D-I-S-H-I-N apostrophe, and then Disses. And we're just going to be complaining every week and you know finding tweets from people that are just like stupid and like and like really just letting out all our frustrations and stress from the week there and we're going to be making fun of each other constantly because dave and i are so close right so it's going to be really really fun i'm looking forward to having a, a show where i can just like Really create what it I want. It opens up things. Mm-hmm. You always start off with those structured ones, right? I always have my structured ones. I have had two point and the comic book one, yep. where it's like, oh, you hone in on a subject. And then, like, it took me two years before, like, I came up with this show. This was my free form, right? Type thing. What am I feeling this week? Ah, uh, you know, I think uh, I think I want to do an, a, a show about where I can just, you know. I want to make a list about sandwiches one week. And, exactly. And, and in our case today, movie fights and battles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it can float. You have to have those sort of things. You have to have a variety show um, to keep uh, to, to keep the interest. Because sometimes when you're when you're locked in on some kind of subject matter, and you're, you, don't get me wrong, your average ordinary is pretty free flowing, mm-hmm. but you have your format. Yes. Um, you know, it, it just helps. It, it helps the creative juice. It makes you appreciate being locked into that format mm-hmm. and then having an open style format as well. It does. It's really good for you. Absolutely. And I think it's uh, especially starting it with Dave, which Dave is someone I really trust and I've, I've known him forever and I know how passionate he is about things. He's going to put in the work and like, you know, I'm obviously going to want to work with people who are only going to show up 50 percent of the time and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's nice to have someone reliable doing it. Yeah, be committed. 100 yeah, percent. Exactly. Oh. One hundred percent. So friend. we're actually uh, this Friday. Um, we're coming in late night because, unfortunately, locally Buffalo Tap Room is closing. Yes. So we're closing down Tap Room, which has been a uh, a close home of mine. Uh, okay. And afterwards, we're going to come here and we're going to record a, a pilot episode. So that's going to be on uh, your average ordinary's channel. I'm going to upload that as a bonus episode sure. too next week. Okay. Very um, cool. So that'll be our first kind of tester before episode one, and we officially begin. Which will be I cool. love it. So make sure you listeners, you go check that out. You go and find it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I like Dave a lot. I like Dave a lot. He's a great dude. He's got a great mind. I've been thinking about asking. I, I have a lot of people on my two-point show. I've been considering asking him, maybe joining it. Um, and Dave, if you're listening, the invitation's there, bud. Oh, dude, uh, he would do it 100%. He I knows more know. about football than any of my other friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would love to have him on. I, I, like The few times I met him, he's been like really just, just so cool. We have like these good conversations, and he, mm-hmm. we're always interacting back and forth on social media, and I, I think I think the world of him. He, so. Yeah, and he loves you, too. He feels the exact same really? way. He's okay. always, if we're talking about the podcast, he's like, Matt's so supportive. I love that guy. Like he just, But you give off that vibe, too. 
Like you're just one of those oh, people I that I know that if I were to give something to you, like you're going to give back whether I want you to or not. Which, but that's you need those people in your life. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, you really do. You got to have people go above and beyond for you always. Yeah. And I have a good crew of that. So maybe I will pop, maybe I will pop the question. Maybe yeah. I will pop the question. Yeah, maybe you I should. could probably use a co-host for my uh, the weekend reviews and stuff. Ooh, we do Sunday nights. He would do that. He would? He would 100% do that, I'm sure. I'm going to ask him. Yeah. I'm going to ask him after we're done recording. Sweet. But, all right, enough jib-jab. Enough jib-jab. Um, lots of cool things to be excited for. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Let's go. Um, but actually, no, we can't. I said, let's get into it. But first, we have a little sidebar. Uh, Dan is a first-time guest, and as we do with for all of our first-time guests, uh, he has to list five really cool facts, uh, things that he may want you, the audience, to know about him. Because um, everybody that we bring on here is special. They have a special... They've had a unique life, and we love hearing people share about that. So, Dan, five things about you. Five things. Okay. Um, I have a BA in theater from SUNY Buffalo State, and I've been working professionally in the industry since 2016 is when I did my first professional show. Um, But I've been doing theater since I was six years old, so I have almost uh, over 20 years of theater experience at this point. Wow. It's weird to say that out loud. (laughs) Uh, So that's what I do when I'm not working my day job. Um, My, I think I mentioned before, my dad's an illustrator and, and this is more about like where my art background comes from, but um, he's an illustrator. So that's always tied in really closely with everything. And he, I mean, art's a big part of your family. mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, And his work was actually featured on the cover of SI for kids when I was a kid, which was really, really, really? Cool. Yes. Yeah. And um, we found it in my school library and he actually signed it when I brought when it. When you bring him in here, mm-hmm. I would let me know because I'd love to just meet him. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. Please. Um, so that's, I'll count that as one fact about me because okay. that was ROTC. Um, I am engaged uh, and I'm getting married next July. Uh, my fiance's name is Juliana and she's absolutely wonderful. And oh, I she's, met her twice briefly. She's yeah, fantastic. She's, she's just fantastic. Good and, job. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, it's, it took a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's also, um, she writes sketch comedy and she's really talented at doing stuff like that. And she's one of the most hilarious people I know. Um, I have one of my best friends who I mentioned earlier. His name is Steve for cheese. He streams and he's one of the best gamers I've ever seen in my entire life. So I've been lucky enough to grow up around that environment of him. Yeah. Um, one of the last movies I did. So the a movie I was featured in, uh, called bad Cupid. If you want to look it up, I believe it's, uh, four ninety nine to buy and like $3 to rent. It's a really cute rom-com. Um, but the star of that movie, the top built guy, was John Reese Davies, who is uh, Gimli Gimble. from Lord of the Rings. Not as, the bear, yeah, and and <laughs> Salah from uh, Indiana Jones, okay. and has done voice work on a million things. That's awesome. Um, so I have one degree of separation from him, which was cool because That's really neat. because Gimli is also my favorite uh, member of the Fellowship. Like oh, he's okay. he's always just just the way he always was cracked me up, and uh, he was great to be uh, the, just such a great character. Character all oh, all. for sure. Uh, and the crew said he was the nicest guy. I didn't get to work my scene with him, unfortunately. However, my scene partner did an episode of Boardwalk Empire, which was really cool. Um, so he was in an episode or two or, or two of that. No his, his name is Shane Navu, and he's super talented as well. Um, and then fact number five. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm put on the spot here. That's yeah, tough. Yeah. Uh, oh. I so I was a backyard wrestler for about five years, 
uh, and one of my close friends is uh, pro wrestler Kevin Bennett. Uh, who you can see pretty much everywhere in the world these he's so days. Good. He's he's, he's such a good very person. very talented, and uh, so I have on YAO. I kind of feature people that were former backyard wrestlers. Now that it's not a taboo anymore, and we can talk more openly about it. And uh, the stories we have from that are just incredible. Super shows, uh, holding our own events in backyards. Uh, Kevin had his own ring, so it was we were really lucky with that. So there's been a lot of really interesting things in my life those are it's easier to list them now that i'm kind of going at it a little bit. for sure yeah oh, for sure but there you go there's five things to know about our good friend dan torres hell yeah and uh let's get into our top 10 list everybody our top 10 favorite movie uh battles or fights so these can be one-on-one these can be big huge battles whatever it may be but just pretty much action action sequences in films mm-hmm. um Dan, I'm going to give you the opportunity because you are our guest uh, to, to list your number 10. I appreciate that. Um, so I actually, before I have my 10, I had three honorable mentions sure. I wanted to throw on there. Sure. Just real quick, barely, very brief descriptions on each one. So my honorable mention number one is the first uh, Laura scene from the movie Logan. Uh, oh, when yeah. she when she walks out of the warehouse and she rolls the head at the guy and you see her claws for the first time and I I think one. that's such a well done moment and there's so many cool action sequences from that movie but just that one um, the generational kind of moment in that of him passing down the torch I thought was really really cool you could see it a lot during that scene it's um, a great movie and it's not drawn out enough for me to put it on the list Understood. but it's 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 a great moment to have um number two i <laughs> i put on here because it's just great every time uh the fight scene from anchorman uh <laughs> i was very close to putting it on mine i would if, if i had to I, I would have to admit that it's probably an, you know an honorable it's for just myself too. in, in com in the comedy world there's no better way to do a fight scene right if you're gonna put something ridiculous like that in a movie when they, when they say, uh, what is it, no no punches to the... Rules of number one, no no touching the hair or the face. face. It, it, yeah. And that's it. And that's it. That's uh, It's the best. And then the whole that escalated quickly, that ends it all. Like, it's so good. Um, and then the last one I put on here, and uh, I'll kind of go into later why I didn't put some of these ones more on my list. Uh, but honorable mention number three is the airport fight from uh, Civil War. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Which there, which all the heroes are going back and forth with. I don't think it's as good as a lot of Marvel's other scenes, but I remember at the time of it coming out being like, oh, this is this is really monumental the way they're doing this. And Spider-Man yeah, maybe comes Spider-Man. back maybe into, the, in, to the MCU. So that's just a really special one for me. Agreed. Um, so those are my three honorable mentions on that because I felt like I had to include them. Nope. I'm glad you did. And then number 10 for me is the mansion scene from X2. Uh, oh, with God. Logan, where Good Logan one. goes absolutely berserk on uh, on Stryker and all the forces coming in. I like that scene for a lot of reasons. First of all, as a kid, it was the first action sequence in a superhero world that really blew my mind. Right. Just how crazy that uh, Hugh Jackman's going as Logan and as the Wolverine We didn't get character. to see crazy, like, I mean, we did get to see some instances in, in the first X-Men. Mm-hmm. But not like that. Not like that. That was the truest character, the Wolverine, that I think we've seen and, and, at that point. Yeah, at that point, absolutely. And in that one, right, like everybody was kind of waiting for that too. And when that moment happened for the first time, 
you were just it, it checked all the boxes of everything you wanted through that and he's just decimating these guys and it's almost like he's more annoyed that they're in the mansion that the than that they're going after them like he just seems annoyed the whole time picking them apart no i agree um but then the whole you know the striker tie in at the end where all of a sudden at a stat, like he starts getting his memory back i just think as far as in story fights too, I think that checks a lot of boxes and satisfies a lot of things within the plot as well as it being a cool scene. So that's why I put that at number ten. I love that. I think it's a great choice. I was not expecting that one, but it's it's so easy. I I, I tried my best to like not do too many superhero ones, but sure. I certainly ended up doing it. Anyways. I, I, but, I but said like, I thought a, we were going to have under, that, ones. That's yeah. a very underrated scene. It's so good. That's a very underrated scene. I'm glad you chose that one. Thank you, sir. It's good. Okay. All right, I like that. Starting off hot. You know, it definitely uh, let, you know, led to a lot of questions throughout the movie and eventually, mm-hmm. you know, the big climax. But it was cool. I'd, you know, they had the cool Colossus scene there. Yes. And yeah. that was like that was like the best Colossus moment in those original, in any of the X-Men movies, honestly. Mm-hmm. He stunk in X3. Um, the only good Colossus iteration that I remember was the Deadpool. It was in Deadpool. Yes, yes. That's um, the best one. That's the best one. Mm-hmm. But this was cool because he, he, he's, you know, he, he, he gets the metal and he just, Pops his dude through the wall. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, because it had, that was the other cool thing about that scene is it had little flavors of that everywhere, right? Yes. So it's following Logan, but then all the other X-Men are getting their shine. And some, like Colossus, who you haven't seen a lot through those movies. And it's still one of the more like underrated popular ones at that time, too. Yes. Um, I think that X2 is probably the best X-Men movie aside from Logan. Okay. I, I'd say Days of Future that. Past is really good, and I dug that one a lot. Um, but if you see the director's cut of that movie too, it ruins the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. so, I didn't see the director's cut, luckily, but uh, it I, I know it's, I, it's, it stinks. It's like it's just really it's bad. a twenty minute, just weird side. Yeah, I, I have seen bits and pieces. I've heard of it, but okay, very yeah. good, very good. Okay, so I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. This is gonna probably one of the more unique ones that I, I went with. Sure. So one of my favorite movies of all time, and I know the actor isn't uh, one of the most fondly known ones right now, but uh, is the Patriot. Mm, yes. Okay. I know Mel Gibson has his controversies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those people who can kind of look past, you know, the person and look at the art. And Mel Gibson is one of the most ferociously like great action actors of all time. Oh, people absolutely. Uh, people sleep on on that aspect. They don't mm-hmm. understand that. The Patriot. I'm a big history buff. I don't know if any of our listeners know this, but I absolutely adore history. I love history. Colonial time period, my favorite time period. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally discovered that there was a American Revolutionary, you know, Revolution War movie. Um, I wasn't allowed to see it when I was young, mm-hmm. understandably so. It took me a couple years. When I finally watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, it was just a really cool, you know, just really cool battle to see this live action, um, you know, American, the, the Americans versus the Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And the style, the, the way that the, the, the battle kind of went, right? Um, it started off with the with the militia, you know Mel Gibson's character. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but oh yeah, his, I can't. It's his, been a while. His his militia battling the the English and they're getting overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and they start to retreat. And it's a really cool like, uh, uh, you know, it's just some kind of old American Revolution style formation where they retreat, but the Continental Army's waiting behind them and they're taking shots at the at the English. And uh, it goes. I got. I got to look at these names. I got to look. It's going to bother me if I don't. It's look been these a while names. since I've seen this movie, but the cinematography alone in those fights is fantastic. It's just so good. And side note too, this might be why we get along so well. Before I was a history or a theater major in college, I was a history major. Were you really? And Texas Dave as well. 
is a history teacher now. Is he really? Yes, he is. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got the names. I got the, so yes, there, there's definitely we definitely have a lot of reasons why we get along. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Martin was Mel Gibson's character. Yes, and uh, the villain, his name uh, Colonel William Tavington, played by Jason Isaacs, who was uh, Draco Malfoy's dad. Yes, and yes, Harry yes, Potter yes. And he's great. They have this this really sweet fight. You know, he, he, Mel Gibson's char- Benjamin. I'm gonna keep forgetting. <laughs> Benjamin Martin's pissed because th- this guy, uh, Jason. <laughs> Scrolling back, Jason Isaacs' character, Colonel William Tavington, killed two of his sons at this point, and they have this big fight, big mm-hmm. fight, and and he's ready to kill him, and uh, you know this explosion happens, he misses the shot, mm-hmm. and um, but he eventually gets him, he stabs him with the American flag. Like, yes, right I remember that scene. And yep. then he takes, or no, it was a bayonet. I'm sorry, it was mm-hmm. a bayonet. He stabs him with a bayonet, and and then he takes the bayonet off the gun. As this dude's like sitting there with the with the with the bayonet rifle just all hunched over, and he makes a comment, you know, ah, my sons were 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 better men, and he shoves it through his throat. Yes. That's it. And then the Americans end up winning the war. Like, but but this is the big conclusion, right? This is the big fight scene. It's like and it's so hard in, in like a classic war movie to to really have a good fight scene, right? Like a good, fun, exciting, breathtaking fight scene. You know, uh, you know, most war movies it's these, just these big big battles. Oh you yes, know, huge fights. All that stuff. And, you know, for this to, they really isolated on, they did a good job of this. They isolated on their, their rivalry throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And everything else was happening around it, and they, 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 they finished that. So it was yeah. well, well done. That That's how war movies should be, I think. I think uh, if you get into those movies sometimes, like Dunkirk, where it's just, like, really, really big, and, like, there's a lot going on, sometimes you can lose the little moments yeah. in that. Um, but the... Patriot is one of the best war movies ever made. I, 100%. I, I think, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, they, they had personal stakes involved in it. They mm-hmm. still captured the imagery, the the visualization of of the American Revolution. Yes, you know, like I said, there's there's been tons and tons of war movies, but they never, um, you know, there's been characters that you relate to, but there's never been like a, you know, it's just uh, the Americans and the Germans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I, I like American Sniper quite a bit because yeah, it's it, a great uh, movie. That one quite a bit because there was a rivalry with with. Um, his, you know, the American sniper, and then um, the Afghanistan, right? Afghanistan yeah. or Iraq uh, sniper too. There was like a, a little rivalry there, and, mm-hmm. and you were kind of wondering who was going to get the best of who. So, um, so yeah. So that's my number ten. That's a great one. Yeah, um, I love that movie. Absolutely love that movie, and I thought it was a cool little fight. I had to acknowledge it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that was really smart of you to put on the list. Honestly, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, of course. Oh man, do I go with my number nine now? Yes, sir. Oh yes, man. Sir. Okay, so I promise there aren't many more superhero related. Ones. That is okay. And this is the. There are three. Um, we did the first one at ten, um, and the second one is coming in at nine, and then there will be one later. Sure. Um, so I, I think just circumstantially and as a bias, I couldn't leave it off this list. Uh, but the train scene from Spider-Man Two with Tobey mm-hmm. Maguire and Alfred Molina is the defining moment of every cool superhero action scene from then on. Um, To the point where Incredibles came out like a year or two later and they parodied the exact stopping point that uh, Tobey Maguire's in with Mr. Incredible. Yeah, but but that was such a high-profile one, too. And, like, you see it in Incredibles and you're like, Oh, this is a box office hit, and they just directly referenced the same thing that made the last superhero movie really Correct. popular. Yes, um, 
I just think the dynamic of that one is great, especially how it starts. You know, it starts on the high building and then, you know, uh, Spider-Man goes after Doc Ock and then now they're going through the city and they're falling and they're fighting while they're falling. And and then they hit the top of the train and they're using every aspect of it. I think... um, that one just keeps your adrenaline pumping. My, uh, me and my brother have this argument that that movie doesn't age as well as, and and I tell him he's a liar all Spider-Man, the time. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. I think Spider Man Two is the best aged one. I mean, there are, yes, Spider Man Three. I don't think it's as bad as people like to like to admit. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad, but Spider Man Two is the de facto great one. Now. It's and, just so and, good. And Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus was. Timeless he, to the point where they're bringing him back. Now. Oh, and maybe Willem God. Dafoe, which is oh, I think it's supposed to be Willem Dafoe. I think it's supposed to bring him back. Uh, uh, who played Sandman? Um, uh, oh, I can't remember what his name. Thomas is. Hayden yeah. Church, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I want to say so. And then Jamie Foxx's Electro, apparently. Jamie Foxx's Electro, and Lizard's coming back and too. But Alfred back. Molina. They showed him because they knew that that's what people want. That's what people want. He was the standout like villain. Right. That's another thing is there will never be another better Doc Ock. So like that's as far as pulling it out of the comic book and putting it onto the screen, that was picture perfect at the time. Correct. Like picture I think it's, perfect. I think it still is. You know, I think it is too. And then I think Melina Alfred Alfred Molina's Doc Ock should be treasured the same way that RDJ's. Uh, Iron, Iron Man, Man. yes, and who? What, what other iconic roles? We got Lo- Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I know mm-hmm. we're, gonna, we're going to get another Wolverine because yeah. the MCU, but I think Alfred Molina's Doc Ock should be treasured like forever. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, then just the whole element of the you know him stopping the train at the end and doing it without his mask and not even giving a fuck that his mask is off just and just and just going through. Um, it's it, it's just the best, and it has a special place in my heart. And I knew that. It meant more to me than the X2 scene, but it was really hard to put it above. But I think it belongs at number nine for me. I, I love that. I, I, I love that. Because, I mean, there's a lot more. There's a nice ending to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, that, that train scene where he's with the people. They're passing him. They're like, they're like crowd surfing him. But they're like, and they see who he is. They see who the person is underneath yeah. the mask. And they're like, we're not going to tell anyone. No. Here's your mask. And they put it on. It was the coolest. Like, he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. And that was the coolest thing. Like, yeah. that was... I was really hyped up for that. That, that was the best. Uh, it may be the best still Peter Parker moment that they've put in any of the Spider-Man. So far, I would agree. Mm-hmm. So far, I would agree. Um, it definitely stood out. It stands the test of time. I'm going to go mm-hmm. watch that when I'm done too. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, this this is gonna this list is gonna make me want to go back and watch <laughs> all of these. By the way, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, uh, my number nine. This one is from the very first Mortal Kombat movie Ooh. in 1995. All right. And it's got a special place in my heart because my great uncle, who I've mentioned on this show uh, many times, was the stunt coordinator for it. Um, Reptile and Liu Kang. Ooh. This is a little underrated one. Okay. okay. So throughout the movie, you know, there's the, the, they do the Mortal Kombat tournament and such. Um, you know, Luke King fights some random guy at the beginning. Then he fights Sub Zero, and uh, you know Johnny Cage fights Scorpion. Sonya Blade fights Kano. Johnny Cage fights Squirrel. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, and it was cool, but it was a little gimmicky. Luke King versus Reptile was like one of the hands down best like technical like movie fights I think. And people do not like they do not like understand. I, I think people legitimately sleep on uh, the fact that how good this fight is. If mm-hmm. you go and watch this thing. The hand-to-hand combat, the, the you know the kicks, the back and forth, the, just the tech, 
technicality. And all the set, the sound effects, actually the reptile theme that plays alongside with it. They have a legit theme, and it's really, really cool. It's it's high-energy uh, type stuff, and they both deliver. And while I don't like the way that they use reptile in, in that movie. Sure. Um, you know, I didn't – it wasn't – it wasn't – it wasn't – it didn't do the video game character justice. They, they did um, – you know, he was – he was powerless, which made sense to an extent. But the, again, just the way that Reptile came about was was weird. But mm-hmm. what a good fight! And it was actually the first time um, I think throughout that entire movie. No, and I wouldn't say that. But it, in Luke Kang's respect, that was the first time he actually used a move in the game. Oh, cool! Um, he used a uh, bicycle bicycle kick. Is one of his most, most you know he, he starts doing his noises and he starts you know like it's like four, five, six mm-hmm. kicks, and he actually does it in the game, and that's how or does it in the movie against Reptile, and that's how he defeats him. But it's a really, really good, um, yeah, it's a really good, co- really cool fight. Really back and forth. Like it pumps me up just watching it mm-hmm. and just the whole setup of it. So I highly recommend it. And again, like I said, my great uncle stunt coordinator out in Hollywood um, had his hands all over Mortal Kombat, and uh, this is one of the, the one of the scenes that he you know he he did well. And that's so cool. Yeah, that that's really really cool. And it's I love uh, in particular in stage and in movies. I love stunt work in any sense. Yeah, you know, stunt coordination and anything good like that. Especially a lot of these ones on my list, like you were saying before, the footwork is a very important element of it for me. Yes. Like the one-on-one style, G- the uh, the correctness to martial arts that it does, because I'm a big martial arts guy. I love, I love, love, love uh, like good action sequences that are just hand-to-hand combat a lot, which you'll see a lot in this list, too. Um, but... I, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that one now because you're just making me wanna like you're making me itch to watch it. it, it no, it's it. it I mean, I, I think it's so far the best Mortal Kombat movie that they've ever done, first Ooh. and foremost. But you are right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a bad stunt coordinator, if the fighting doesn't look legit, your movie doesn't look legit. Yeah, yeah, hundred so, uh, percent. Did you know my great uncle was in Hollywood? Did you ever hear? No, any of you've never told me this. Before. Okay, so um, I know the listeners have heard it quite a bit. He is the ref in the first Karate Kid. Oh, cool. Yep, he did the original Ninja Turtles. Uh, he was in Enter the Dragon. With Seriously? Bruce Lee. Him and Bruce Lee were friends. Oh, Him and Chuck man. Norris were friends back in the day. Uh, let's see what other movies did he do. He has, His IMDb is, is, is incredible. That's cool. Uh, it's a sidebar, I didn't include any Bruce Lee movies in this. Okay. Because, because he is a list of his own. Oh yeah, we could do. We could That's do a top I could 10 do. I could talk about Bruce Lee movies and his fights and and just the beauty of everything he did to a T. I could talk about that all day. And I was, you know, I was starting to compile the research, and I'm seeing like <laughs> Enter the Dragons in there, and then uh, and like a bunch of these other movies that he was in. Um, the Chinese Connection when he was in that. Um, it, it, it just. All of those ones like started being, and I was like, okay, this is this is oversaturated. Right, it's got to be. It's That's why I was with like listen, like superhero movies. I'm like, I can't do every single superhero movie. Yeah, that I yeah. Did. That's why I limited it to only a couple. But yeah. there were a few I felt I had. To. Oh, for sure, yeah. same here. But yes, that's my uh, that's my number nine. Awesome, so, Luke Kang versus Reptile from the very first Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, that's such a good one. Um, okay, so for my number eight. Uh, I went with in seeing your history guy now. This I, you'll probably uh, appreciate where I'm going with this. Um, so the movie Gladiator is one of my favorite movies mm, of all time I know you're with going. Russell Crowe. Yep. Um, Maximus and Tigris. Yes, uh, is one of the best movie battles that they've ever done, bar none. And 
there are a lot of great gladiator it has some of the most beautiful fight sequences it's a very very in, good action and it's russell crowe mm-hmm. I mean, he's gonna beat the crap out of you you know um, that's his thing and it came down to it came down to two fights in this movie for me because it's one of my favorite movies ever so it was another one that i was like that something from this has to be included right yeah um it came down to two fights which is uh the battle of carthage uh, when they're reenacting it right and they're supposed to go down and they hold the lines against the chariots and uh, and beat everybody that's there even though they're not supposed to. Yeah. And then this fight. And the stakes are just a little bit higher in this fight. Just a little bit. Between it being this gladiator that's coming out of retirement right. to face him who is a dude that just never lost. Had this, His armor is like almost unpierceable. When uh, when he's fighting him, he's put up to lose, basically. And then you have the tigers that are popping up out of the ground with it. So not only is he trying to find a way to get through this guy's armor in any sense, right. all of a sudden there are these huge tigers popping out of the ground on, t- on top <laughs> of Maximus. And again, this is one of the ones where, like, the sword work is so good. Like, every motion is is just... Perfect, and the cinematography is great. And then him finding just that little chink in like his foot, being able to get that good foot shot, get that artery, and get him down. And just go, and then him not killing him at right. the end, showing mercy, jo- show- is showing mercy on him because yeah. that was not something he necessarily asked to come out and do. It was, you know, to to say fuck you to Joaquin Phoenix at the time. Right. Oh yeah, which was great. No. Wh- which is great. So um, that was the movie back in the day. Like I remember my parents and uh, talking about it. My uncles were like, "Man, this movie's so good." It's still the movie for me. Yeah, it, it gets it gets referenced quite a bit. It's so it's just so beautiful. Yeah. The movie is just so beautiful. The music is great. The cinematography is just wonderful. The story is really, really good. Yeah, I have. It's been a very long time since I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was trying. I was trying to look at some lists to like spike my memory because again, there was some. There was, it was just like, man, I, like I, I know I'm going to finish this list and I'm going to forget something. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. I know. It, but, isn't it funny how you're like working on something and then all of a sudden it's like I've never seen an action movie in my life. <laughs> it instantly. It's the crazy. <laughs> Craziest thing. Craziest thing. But that's legit how I felt. That's mm-hmm. legit how I felt. So, yeah. Um, that is an excellent choice. I don't think you can, you know, that, that's got to be on, I think, a lot of people's top ten lists, mm-hmm. but most certainly. Uh, like I said, Russell Crowe has some great, great action sequences. And, yeah, that was legit. When did that come out? Was that like 2000? 2003 or four? Uh, it was early on. It was It was really early on. Uh yeah, I got. I have to. And I love like statue. ancient, like Rome, Man, the Colosseum. You know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen now. You and I are gonna be texting each other the next <laughs> couple of days, and we're gonna be like, "I'm watching this. Or I'm watching that. I'm watching this." And then, like, we're just gonna be going back and forth all oh, the way I know. through it. Oh. I do. I mean, I, a lot of these movies, like, I can rewatch like action sequences all the time. There's, there's a couple on here too. that I just watch over and over. Me and over too. Again. There were a couple um, in doing the research that I rewatched that I were that I really paid attention to really specific details in it, and yep. it made me appreciate it way more oh for sure mm-hmm. for sure Tim. excellent uh, choice for number eight thank you sir appreciate right. it my number eight this is my only only sports fight okay okay all right and i don't think you can have a action movie fight you know fight scene battle list without having a rocky movie on mm, okay and i'm going rocky four ivan drago versus rocky oh, okay awesome uh <laughs> 
I listen. I, I the old wrestling club that I used to go to played Rocky music all the time. Sure. All right. That was our. That was, we worked out to Rocky music. We ran. We did our conditioning to Rocky music, and it fired me up. And I had watched. You know, I I watched Rocky movies earlier young, when I was a little bit younger, but I never like gotten like like into Rocky culture. Mm-hmm. Like really, really into it. And then you know, I started. I went on this big kick. They. Was it Thanksgiving? They had like a movie marathon at AMC or something. Yeah, like that I think it's reason. around there that they usually start showing. I think Rocky we had like Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was like getting ready for Thanksgiving. I was watching it. I was like, I think it was in the middle of two or getting right after two, in between two and three, or, so, or maybe it was after uh, after the intro of three. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dad, I got to go jog really quick. Like that's how much <laughs> these movies fired up. But number four was like big because you know yeah. Ivan Drago was such this really really cool. Uh, unique character, you know. Mm-hmm. All the everybody that Rocky faced was was unique, but I, you know, um, this one was, I felt it just it was so big. Like the, yes. the stakes were on the line, and like you were hyped up, like this is a real fight. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And Eddie Murphy once jo- joked about it. Uh, I think his second stand up special, Raw, and he was just like, man. White people or Ita- white people or Italian people get so hyped up for Rocky movies, like <laughs> like it's live on HBO when they see it. <laughs> I forgot it, he made that joke. Uh, something along the lines of that, yeah. And, and I'm not going to go too much further in it, <laughs> but um, but my God, uh, it was really good. It's so good. Um, he, he kills. Uh, oh God, Carl Weathers' character. Oh, oh yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgetting this character, Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Gra- oh my God. Yeah. Shame on me. No, you're good. It's, Shame on it's me. Apollo Creed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the it's the Trulies. It's, it, it's the Trulies. Apollo Creed. You know, he, he Ivan Drago killed. Spoiler alert. You know, if you haven't watched the movie, yeah, it's only been out for almost thirty years now, a little bit over. Um, but he, you know, he kills he kills Apollo Creed at, to start it off, and he has this line: "If he dies, he dies." And Rocky is ready to just hang up his boots. Right. Mm-hmm. He's ready to be done. And he comes back, and the training montages. I mean, I know we're not talking about the full movie, but the training montages for that were awesome. Him yes, running they up were. the mountain, running in three feet of snow, all sorts of crazy stuff. Training in this old barn, he goes out there. He's taking abuse. Drago's beating him up, beating him up, beating him up, and then finally he just kind of comes back, and he's bam, bam, <laughs> bam, son. You know, just piecing him. He he, abu- he took the abuse. Yeah, and, you know. Um, isn't that sequence the uh, hearts of fire? I, I, the training montage for that one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most 80s training montage uh-huh. like you could ever put it. But it's beautiful. It's such an iconic uh, that's where, training one. That's training. where a lot of the rock, I mean, a lot of the Rocky music came from that movie. Yeah, yeah. Burning Heart, um, Hearts on Fire. Mm-hmm. There was uh, No Easy Way Out. Yeah. And just all sorts of other stuff. And it was just like, that was a yeah. great, great movie. My, the, uh, the music made it. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it's a Rocky movie. It is. <laughs> so, it, like, it, Rocky action sequences were great, and it, they actually did a yeah. fake. They did a, a fake ESPN thirty for thirty on it. Like, a really, it was only like four, five minutes long. I think like College Humor or somebody posted it. Oh, that's funny. And they were talking about it. They treated it all serious. It was the funniest thing. That's amazing. funniest thing. So, oh, that's so funny. That's my number. Right. What, what's funny about <laughs> t- t- something you just said was. Uh, my mother-in-law's fifty uh, percent Italian. She loves the Rocky movies. Loves the Rocky movies. Loves Stallone in general. Like yeah. Rambo, anything he'll ever do. Like she, just, she will be first in line. You know, it, he's 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 so good. I, I mean, I, 
there's been bad Stallone movies, but listen, I just watched Suicide Squad and he played the voice of uh, King Shark, mm-hmm. and I laughed my ass off. Oh, you, it, he's he's iconic in everything. Peacekeeper, he <laughs> he's so awesome. <laughs> um, you know, just, just you know, it was so good. It was so fitting for him. One funny thing about my list. So this was something I specifically thought of and excluded from there. So I thought about adding a Rocky fight. Okay. But I decided that I didn't want to put any sanctioned fights on my list. <laughs> That's fair. Because it was – it not that uh, it gives it that much of a different context, but like kind of the the fantasy and imagination value of it. That's why I didn't have a lot of historical ones That's on fair. here either, even though Gladiator was just on here for right. me, right? Um, but I the, something about it being sanctioned in my mind – like take something out of the battle for me because you know it's coming a little bit more. Right. I like the fair. ones that catch you off guard a little bit better for me. No, I certainly agree. My top, all right. So my top seven are, I think, un, I think unsanctioned. I, w- I would deem okay. them unsanctioned. You, you kind of yeah. knew they were coming in a little bit, but they weren't like these organized like fights. Like this is the like this is the road. Like you know, I understand Rocky training to get to this point. It was just kind of it just happened. So. Yeah. You exactly. didn't know when it was going to happen, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, but yeah, that's my uh, that's my number eight. That's a great one. I I love your list so far, Thank dude. You, buddy. you likewise, have likewise. you have so many ones that I didn't even think about like remotely, which is the really cool part of doing. This. And trust me, there's going to be a lot more that I'm going to I'm going to be like, man, I should I wish I would have put that up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was very difficult. Uh, so number uh, seven, number seven for me uh, is one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Um, that you can just pull all these, a lot of these action sequences out, and any of them would be beautiful. Um, but it's the movie, it's the only masterpiece, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yep. Um, fantastic movie. Very well. Done. Um, but my personal favorite battle from that movie is uh, the Yushu Lian fight uh, with Gen Yu, uh, so Shin and Jen, uh, when they are in the. I believe it's uh, Shun's home. It's been a while since I've seen this uh, this movie. So it's probably been a good eighteen years yeah. since I've seen it. Um, but the the whole concept of this movie is Jen has a sword called Green Destiny, right? Which is one of the most powerful swords on the planet, right? And she steals it um, from somebody. So she, the whole movie, she's working for this woman, and she has this Green Destiny, and its power starts to kind of like corrupt her a little bit. So. In this scene, she's battling, like, a friend and a mentor of hers. Okay. And what's cool about the sequence is um, Shu is changing weapons constantly throughout the whole thing. And Jen only has Green Destiny. So she's... It's it's this battle of skill versus how good the weapon is. Right. So the other one's the more skilled one, right? But Jen, because she's holding Green Destiny, is... Like out besting her a little bit, but uh, Shun keeps just pulling weapon off, off the wall, off the wall, off the wall, and like just you know, on. throwing stars, doing that, and like throwing everything in the book at her. Um, and the stunt work in this movie is unbelievable, it's, it's yes. unbelievably good. And uh, this is another one that the footwork is just. It's so precise with every like the martial arts techniques in it are are so apparent. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember when I, the first time I watched this, I was blown away by mm-hmm. by by how good it looked. And yeah. my parents were like, ah, oh, so, you know, a lot of subtitles and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, just look at the action. It, appreciate it's, the action. Yeah, and it, it was there was so much storytelling within the action. It's gorgeous, and um, 
the it, the ending of that too, uh, because that sequence, that whole thing ends with, um, sh- uh, Shun getting the better position. Right, she has she has a broken sword at her neck, so she's in the better position, so that Jen could yield, and Jen gives her a cheap cut. Right, so the whole thing's honorable up until that point, and then that's like at the end, it's like, ooh, okay, dirty, yeah. like all that's out the window, and then from there it just transitions to like uh, such a great climax to the rest of that movie. But that that's one that if you go back and watch that now. Um, you know, it's such a bizarre, with the floating and everything that they're doing throughout, it's such a bizarre kind of feel to it when when you watch it again. But then once you fall into it, you just go, wow, like this is... It's probably a really cool one, film, like aspect, nice piece of, like a moment to study. Yes. Probably to an action yes. sequence. Um, so that's one of my, uh, that was one of the first martial arts movies um, of the modern era that... That hit me in a good spot to be like, this is really, really cool. Um, so that that sequence had to be on my list. I'm glad you put it. I'm mm-hmm. glad you put it. Yeah, I almost forgot about that movie. It's so good. Honestly, but it is, it is, it is really, the, a lot of the action sequences are very, very cool and very, mm-hmm. very well done. That was another movie where it was like the talk of the town, mm-hmm. you know, way back in the day. Yeah, my dad loved that movie. I believe it. All right. My number seven. This is my... It's my one of my one of my superhero films. All right, once okay. So I was just watching on the way here, and uh, you know some of these solo hero movies were were you know they're okay, they're not bad, but something about Thor Ragnarok mm. really like I was a fan. The music was great. It had this very retro feel to it, yes. even though it didn't take place. Even though it didn't take place in retro a retro time period, uh, the music, the visuals, the art style was really really cool. But you get to this final fight. All right, so they leave uh, that battle planet mm-hmm. and uh, Sakar, and you know they go to Asgard. They're gonna free uh, the people. They're gonna fight Hela, and it's just it's just really just cool collective scene. You know, it starts off with with Thor. He's going down there. He's he's going after. He's gonna sit in the throne and mm-hmm. and and draw Hela away. Hela and the armies away. Then it goes from. <laughs> It goes from Hulk jumping out of the 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 ship, you know, trying to imitate the 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 Edward Norton Hulk. Scene, yeah, yeah. And he just bounces off the ridge. <laughs> He's trying to fight. Uh, I think it was like Fenris or Fenrir, oh. um, that mythological like giant wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he bounces off there, and eventually he comes too. But I was just like, man, that was so good, so funny. Oh, and it I just gets it gets that. better and better. Hella best, you know. Thor, mm-hmm. Thor eventually, you know, she cuts his eye out. Thor eventually finds himself, and it was just there was a lot of moving parts of this. So you know, Valkyrie, who's you know, just this is her like her first, I guess, battle on the face of uh, side of good. She was mm-hmm. like a bounty hunter esque character before this. This is her kind of redeeming herself. You have the Hulk doing his thing, and for me too, Loki was one always one of my favorite characters. And I think yes. the, the way that Loki was portrayed in the MCU at that point was. He's one of those characters where you want to see redeem himself. You mm-hmm. want to see him be the good guy, be cheered on. And he comes out, and he, he, they fly in on the ship. Your savior is here. Mm-hmm. And, he, and they, you know, he comes out, and, and he's fighting against you know, these armies of, of undead Asgardian soldiers. But what, what really pumped me up with, with this thing was when Thor finally got his lightning, or you know, got his lightning going through him. He blasts Hela, and he goes down to the Rainbow Bridge, and he's all like electric, you know, Electric electricity just coursing through his vein, and they start playing "Immigrant Song" by mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. Ah, 
and he's just blasting That's all a these great soldiers. Sequence. And it was it was so it was really good. And I mean, that was the peak of the fight. There, you know, there was the fight didn't last too much longer. They try to battle Hell a little bit, and then Searcher comes out. But uh, there's a lot of moving parts with that one, and I, I thought it was I thought it was very very well done. Yeah, I did too. Um, Ragnarok's definitely the best Thor movie they did. Oh, 100 percent. It it definitely is, and they were. They were good movies, right? The first two, they yeah, were I didn't like hate them, they I, I didn't like, hate them either. They weren't like elite level like but, this one, exactly. But but that one, they finally tied everything together perfectly they with did. it, and and you know Hulk being in that movie makes it such a good movie too. Like it just, was such a funny spin on, yeah. Him. Like it, it's it's just the best because you kind of see the the Hulk you love from the comics, right? right. Like this kind of like dumb idiot a little bit. He's talking. They made mm-hmm. him goofy, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a great sequence, and I think that's a really underrated one as far as the Marvel fights go. For sure, yeah, I think I like it so much too, is because you 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 put a limitation on Thor a little bit. You you know these third movies really challenge these characters, right? Iron Man didn't have a suit for most of the movie. Captain America was you know a, 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 technically a felon mm-hmm. slash uh, I wouldn't say a convict, but he's technically a felon. You know, not signing the Sokovia Accords. This one, you take away Thor's biggest weapon is mm-hmm. Mjolnir. Yep, and he doesn't have a weapon. It's it's him. He's got to figure out. He's got to figure things out for himself. And you see a little bit more of a resourceful, uh, smarter Thor. And yeah. you know, to, to him, you know, finally, hey, yeah, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, you know, it, when when Odin speaks to him, are you Thor, god of hammers? No, you're Thor, god of you know thunder. Thunder. And and you know, he just he, he kind of unloads, and it's it's really really well done. Yeah, and that's a cool addition to the rest of the plot line. For Marvel too, yeah, because he comes back having harnessed that way, way more, right, and that adds to his power fighting. You know, it adds Thanos to his character and, and interest in 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 uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I don't think I. I mean, like I said, I don't think I care about Thor as much as I did in Infinity War if he doesn't go through what he did in Ragnarok. Absolutely not. It, so, they, it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect for it. So that's a great one. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is one of the only large scale battles that I have on my list. All right, um, but I had to put it on here. Um, the Battle of Gondor from Lord of the Rings: Return okay. of the King. Um, how can you not at that? It's such a huge masterpiece of you know it, the uh, the Lord of the Rings movies in general had these really beautiful giant fight sequences, yes, right? You have um, if you go to Fellowship, you have. The cave troll fight sequence, cave troll which fight, is th- that's yep. one of the most underrated fight scenes ever. That's that 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 one. cave troll one, because all of a sudden there's this danger for the first time in that movie, and things start to get really real through that. You know, you have those whole that uh, whole sequence at the end where uh, Boromir dies yeah, in, in on the head, first one, but um, and then uh, two towers. You you have all those beautiful sequences within it, and. So for Return of the King, you're expecting this giant thing, right? It has to be, yeah. And you couldn't have built it up to be more perfect than it was. And I think where it falls, I th- and I'll get back to this later, I think uh, Avengers Endgame kind of falls a little bit in, in that aspect. Um, Agreed. Where Agreed. I think the final battle isn't necessarily the best battle they have in their whole series. 
at all. I, I really don't. I agree. Um, it was I, a cool fan service, but not the best band. It's too, it, it's too big for me. Right. It's too big. And, and you, you have those movies that fall in danger of that, but this does not. And they individualize everybody throughout that battle so much, too, that it's that's what happens when you have, you know, instead of 25 moving parts, <laughs> right? You, <laughs> yeah. have, you have six or five. You have a you yeah, you got King Theoden, his daughter uh, Eowyn, I think yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, Mary. Pippin, Pippin and, and, uh, and then Legolas. Gandalf. And, and, yeah, they eventually the, come with a ghost army. Yeah, exactly. Like, they they have all that cool shit. So um, it just builds up to exactly what you need it to yeah. be, and you don't want it to end. And isn't that what you want with a, with a fight scene? You could just watch it forever. And there's so many cool little moments, in it, like, um, you know, they, they're riding in on those elephant things. And, uh, oh, the uh, Easterlings, yeah. Yeah, the Easterlings and uh, Legolas, like... Uh, climbs up the water and he's like shooting all the guys down on it, and then he ta- and then he takes that down or whatever. And him and Gimli are having this competition. That only counts as one. That only as one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so just those little things and it make it perfect. Agreed. It make it perfect for what it. I to love be. that you chose that one. Yeah. I figured when we started talking a little bit Lord of the Rings at the top that uh, that I, I figured that was that I needed there was one be in there. there. I, I needed two one in there. Lord. Of, I have two J.R.R. Tolkien. Ones in here, hey, but um, that makes me. But happy. yeah, that was that was a really good one. How crazy was that fight when it first started? Right, oh my they, god! They started launching the the heads of all the soldiers mm-hmm. from the soldiers from Osgiliath, I think, into 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 Gondor, and they're they're losing that. You know, everyone's shrieking in terror. They got those big cave trolls with the fight. They got the fire ram things mm-hmm. and the fort. You know, it's 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 the stakes it was, are so high. They were the stakes are so high in that fight that. It makes everything count, and like you know, ultimately with those movies. Uh, <laughs> here, hold on one second. Yeah, you're good. Sorry, I just got uh, someone from work real quick. You're good. There we go. We're good. Okay, so <laughs> for for that, the stakes are so high. Whereas in those movies, you're expecting it to end happily, right? You're expecting kind of like okay, like everything's gonna work out. The fe- but then you have those moments in that battle where you're like, wait. What if it doesn't? What? Because they really tease that to you a lot of times. That like, oh yeah, I'll this is too overwhelming of numbers for people. And for then, sure. you, and then, like you said, the ghost army comes in at the end, and that like at the right time, yeah, at the perfect time, at the perfect time. Yeah, they did it. Peter Jackson has a very underrated psychology for making film. And the way that that whole scene, you know, just unfolded, and that wasn't even the—I mean, that was technically the biggest battle, right? They had the—they had the little thing at the end where yes. they're charging it to the gates of Mordor, uh, you know, the Rohirrim, and and you know the the, the the remaining fellowship. They're charging, but there's not really a big fight that ensues. Sure, this was the main event. This is the big thing, and a lot of emotional. You know, people were exhausted. You know, it, it, in a good way. They're like, man, you know, you still wanted more. Mm-hmm. You still wanted more. But the, the the flow of the way that that movie worked out, it was it was wonderfully placed. Yeah, that's gorgeous, and that's why it lands a spot at number six. I love it. All right, so it's only a matter of time before a Star Wars uh, battle got on here. Here we go. Okay, I am going Episode One, Obi Wan and Qui Gon versus <sighs> Darth Maul. I almost put this on my list. I had to. I could not. I like Episode One. I just rewatched Episode One and. It brought me back to when I first seen episode one. Mm-hmm. It was May 1999, right when the movie first came out. I think I've seen it for my birthday. And yeah, I don't, I know. I remember my mom didn't go because she was pregnant with my little brother. Mm-hmm. So my dad took me and my sister to go. 
And we watched it, and I was like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool, not bad. You got the pod racing sequence. Yep. But then, um, you know, they're going to save Naboo, and and then Darth Maul just shows up there all brooding. He's got the cloak. He takes the hel- the, the hood off. Mm-hmm. He takes off his robes, and then he, he pulls out the lightsaber, which you don't even know it's a double-sided lightsaber at this point. Yep. You've only seen it as one. You know, it's boom, and then, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon go right into it. And it was such a beautifully crafted battle. It is my top two lightsaber battles of all time because yep. of how well it is. And you got to think of the time period, too. So at the time, this is episode one. All we've seen at this point from a lightsaber battle standpoint is episode four with, with old Ben Kenobi and Vader. You had Luke and, and, and Luke and Vader twice, mm-hmm. episode five and episode six. Yep. This was, you know, and we all know that Luke wasn't trained, you know, we're not going to say properly, but he wasn't trained in the old Jedi art. Yeah, so he, he didn't, didn't have, have proper light side, yeah. lightsaber training. He didn't have it. This is back from an era where, when lightsaber training was, like, key, mm-hmm. and you could just tell. There was a noticeable difference between the quality of this lightsaber battle and anything from the old trilogy. Yes. Anything from the old trilogy. The old trilogy had emotion, though. I will give it credit. This one didn't have any dialogue. There was no um, need for dialogue in this, but it was just really cool to see Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul. I agree. Um there's a lot of bad things we can say about episode one, right? There's oh, a yeah. lot of nitpicky stuff we could say about that. Oh, for that. sure. I um, personally loved episode one, especially as a kid. I, I, got, I remember getting the VHS for Christmas one mm-hmm. year because it was always on um, like Fox or any of the— I used to wear those tapes out, man. Yeah, so I used, to, like, I used to stay up whenever it was on and just like watch it. And then I got the VHS, and I used to just rewind that fight sequence over and over again Same because here. it's— it's so unique for that time, especially, right? They started getting crazier in, in Star Wars after yeah, that. Of course. Like, you know, you had uh, General Grievous who, you know, had every lightsaber in the book, right? Right. And, uh, but the double sided lightsaber was perfect at the time for just that little thing to make it a little bit more unique. Mm hmm. And to add a little bit more stakes into that whole ending sequence. And you're right. Up until that point in the movie, you don't realize he has it. Because the only fight you see him in is on Tatooine. And he only uses the one side on Tatooine. Because he's only fighting Qui-Gon at that I will never forget that Halloween after that, how many Darth Maul costumes were out there. So many. My cousin had dressed up as Darth Maul, and he had the double blade lightsaber. I dressed up as Obi-Wan that year, too, and I was really, really happy. People were... Stoked on it. They loved, loved, loved Darth Maul for good reason. They did. For very good He's reason. He's one of the coolest villains. I'm glad they brought him back in, in, yeah. in, in canon. And they did him the right way because, you know, he barely said any lines of dialogue throughout yep. the movie. Kept him soft, kept him like. They kept you waiting for him to show up and do something and, like, really, really, really be dirty. And he does the dirtiest thing you can possibly do, right? Yeah. He kills a Jedi, but not just a Jedi. He killed Qui-Gon. And, and not just Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. <laughs> and Liam nobody, Neeson. nobody kills... Nobody kills Liam Neeson. But that whole that really happens. But that whole sequence where Obi Wan is hanging and he starts using the Force to move Qui Gon's yeah. lightsaber and pulls it. Like, tell me you don't mark out every time you watch that. I get the chills watching that. Fight. It's the best because it's at the point too. Again, Star Wars is at the point too where uh, you know we know how the saga well at that time ended. Mm-hmm. Right? We know how it ended. And it's really cool for me to try and piece together mentally all the stuff in between 
Ewan McGregor being Obi-Wan here and Ben Kenobi in episode four. It's it's really cool for me to piece all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, that I think that's why Star Wars has so much lore, because there's a lot of gaps in between stuff and a lot of room for imagination. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just, again, just so, so organized. And I loved, um, you ever see the, them rehearsing this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, they got the metal sticks. They're literally beating the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. But it's perfectly rehearsed and... Oh man, and the music. It's yeah, great. I mean, you can't ignore the music. This is no, the Duel of the Fates song. John Williams is a masterful, mm-hmm. masterful composer. It so was gorgeous. It, it it made that movie so much. So I agree. So that is my number six. I think that deserves to be on the list a hundred percent. I think you. a lot of people have some bias against those movies that right. makes them think differently. But I don't think you should. I think that's no. I, I it's it's you know like I said, there's some. It wasn't like traditional Star Wars, but it was. I don't think it was supposed to be like sure. the original trilogy. I don't think it's so. It's supposed either. to be his own take, a very mm-hmm. different era. So, um, so yeah. All right, so All we're right, into we're the top five now. Top baby. five. All right, so my number five uh, for movie fights or battles ever, uh, I have to go with uh, Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece, Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I my. Uh, my personal favorite scene from any of uh, from either of those movies is uh, the bride versus the crazy eighty eight. Yes, uh, it, because you get the henchman battle right before, right, which is crazy in itself, and then all those dudes come out, and what you see is just a, a masterclass in sword choreography. Right through that point, because it's the sequence of. So many people fighting at the same time and just this precision that has to be done with every cut and every movement. And she just tears everybody apart through that whole thing so bad where they had to uh, change it to black and white so that uh, Tarantino could avoid an NC-17 rating on the movie. Very, very violent. Like so violent and so bloody. But you watch through that and – it's kind of smart that the black and white's in there, right? Because it makes you pay attention to it a little bit more. You're not taken out of it because, like, oh, there's blood everywhere on the floor. Because sometimes you see that in your, and, like, it can be really off-putting. It could. Like, very, very. But you can just focus on the fighting more with it being in black and white for that portion yeah, of those it. those movies were crazy. They were so good. And, and just the length of the sequence, too, that, that sequence takes forever. Ever, yeah. when you get through it, and you're invested in every second of it, and then she sends the last guy home, and you're just like, it, it just leaves this air in the room when it's done, where you're just left thinking, what did I just watch? <laughs> right. The, the first time you watch it, you lose it, because you're just hooked onto every moment of that choreography. Um that may be the best uh, fight sequence in any Tarantino movie or war oh, sequence. Dare, I would dare say so. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I could definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, just I've never. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the full movie, but I have seen that fight scene. Oh, it's so good. And it's like the intensity is just all over the. It just very it, again, very very violent. You know, there's some instances where you just can't hold back on the violence aspect, or it takes away from you know uh, the visual, I guess, aspect yes. of the violence. And Uma Thurman just kills it in that role. She does. Right? She did a she, very good she's, job. She's she's fantastic in so many things she does. But um, that was what that's one of the things people will remember forever from yeah. her. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's yeah, so that's, good. That's her. Uh, that's her. I mean, that's a big part of her legacy. Mm-hmm. That movie has a. Those movies have a very very cult following. Yes, they do. Very cult following. All right. My number five. We're going back to Lord of the Rings. Yes, this is where I got Helms Deep. Hey, 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 hey. Had to. I had to. Uh, 
amazement <laughs> when I first seen this movie in theaters. This is our big. So back in the day, we used to have, uh, you know, our family used to be a little bit closer. Um, day after Christmas, two days after Christmas, what we do is me, the co- you know, my our, our family, my family, the cousins, uncles, stuff like that. We get together and we go see a movie. Mm-hmm. And the Two Towers was that movie. We'd go, we we went and seen it after Christmas. So the theaters are a little. A little dead. I think the movies that came out, I think the Lord of the Rings movies came out like December 12th, 13th, and 14th when they did. So we went to go, you know, went to go see it together. And the Helm's, Be- Helm's Deep battle was just so intense. You know, you got you know, all these, the Rohirrim, uh, the, the Rohan, and they're they're like, they're, 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 they're stressed. They're struggling. Mm-hmm. You got the Legolas. You got Gimli there. Uh, and then you get the elves coming. You're like, wow, okay, some relief, some relief. It's really cool that, that they're here to step up. And the rain gave that fight such a incredible ambiance, the, yeah. dark, the darkness of mm-hmm. it, and you know just the back and forth, the uncertainty. You know, you think, oh, you know that they're gonna they're gonna do it, they're gonna fend off these ten thousand urukai and 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 such, and they they you know they they eventually did, but the hope hope looked bad. All the elves got killed off, mm-hmm. and uh, you know when they rode out, when when Aragorn's like, oh, look to the was look to the east or whatever. Uh, thinking about Gandalf when Gandalf brought the Rohirrim there, mm-hmm. and it was just such a such a fun thing, and I loved it too because I got to play the video game version of you know the Two Towers video game. Yeah, playing that, that live very like, underrated video game by the way. One of the best movie adaptations of all time mm-hmm. for a video game, and it was just such a fun back and forth battle. Yeah, just cool scenes like Legolas showing off. He's he's sliding down the staircase with the uh, with the Urukai shield, <laughs> and he's he's hitting off with the yeah. bow. It's 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 so good, yeah. and and then that's what starts uh, what we were talking about before with their uh, Legolas and Gimli's competition yeah. through the whole thing. I can't see anything. Should I get you a box? <laughs> 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 you know, just that whole laugh thing, and yeah, just... that that uh, Helm's Deep and Gondor sometimes are interchangeable for me, right? Because right. I like them both for a lot of different reasons. Like you said, the ambiance for Helm's Deep. Adds to the intensity, yeah, a lot with that, and uh, there's something about seeing them all climbing and moving and stuff in the dark that gives me like the creeps every time I watch. Right, it's dark. You know, they can come out and come out anywhere. And again, there was urgency to you know urgency to protect all the women and children that were hiding beneath Helm's Mm -hmm. Deep, and if they lost, you know, they would all perish. And Helm's Deep was a major. Major, you know, in Lord of the Rings lore, a major foothold, uh, you know, for men mm-hmm. and, and and such. And it was it, it was just wow, it's I, I, so good. I was blown away by the cinematography, the action sequence. It was probably about a good forty five minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, these were all very long movies, but they did a good job of of filling in times. So, yeah, they did. Um, and, and it was just it was a it was a fun way to kind of to 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 watch. I still watch to this day and. I get I get very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, how can you not? Those movies are just fantastic. I hope that they. I know they're supposed to do a TV. Sh- I think they're supposed to do a TV a- adaptation or something like that. Not a, not like a remake, but those are like there's movies that sh- you know they, they get remade all the time. But I, I hope Lord of the Rings never ever gets touched. No, no, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. They they did the Hobbit movies right, and they right. can. Uh, those were good. Yeah. Like, but we didn't need those either. Necessarily. Not, not necessarily. No, we did Not necessarily. But they were very, very good movies. Yeah, I oh. agree. But yeah, leave them alone. Don't he, touch them. Yeah. Add to the lore. Yes. Add to the lore, but don't don't remaster the sure. lore. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. So this is my last superhero one on the All list, right. but it's number four. Um, and I touched on this a little bit earlier. 
Uh, I don't like the large scale magnitude of the fight in Avengers Endgame. Okay. Right? There's too much going on right. a lot of the time. There's a lot. It's hard to and keep track. It, and it just, it takes a while, too. We might like have the, do we have the same number? We might have the same number four. We might have Can the t- same carry number Carry on. We, we, might, we, might, we might not, but we might. So, but for me, if you go to the movie previous. Okay, we're not the same okay. one. Okay. We're not the same one. But and I do to, have that one. I okay. Do have that one. And go to Infinity War. We have the Battle of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Which, as far as their large-scale battles, is the best one. That's that's the best one. Are you including done. the other battle at that same time, or just the Battle of Wakanda? Just the Battle of Wakanda. Okay, in cool. General. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, <laughs> because I I think that is just from the moment it starts, where they're all charging, and uh, Chris Evans and Chadwick Boseman are running ahead of the pack. Uh, oh, they're which, like racing each other. Yeah, who gets first. Yeah. Which side note? Uh, August 28th will mark the one-year anniversary of Chadwick Boseman's death, and I still cannot believe he's gone. It still um, messed me up. That, I, I got to watch that What If with him. Yeah, He voiced it. He voiced it. Um, so. But he was just... I hope they never try and do Black Panther specifically right. again. Um, if uh, What's-Her-Name took over his uh, little sister in sure, that movie, yeah. that, that, that'd be great. I would... Perfect. Keep it there. I agree. Like I would do that. Don't try and replace Chadwick. He, he was he you was can't. too good. He's, for that. He's completely he was too good for that. Yeah. Um. And that was one of the, that was one of the hardest. Uh, that messed me up for a while. That that was one of the hardest celebrity deaths I've had to go through. Yeah. Um. But that battle is is just a perfect a perfect 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 climax of that movie everything that's that can go wrong possibly is right mark ruffalo can't change into the hulk bruce banner cannot change into the hulk so he's using uh you know hulkbuster, the yeah. hulkbuster um you have uh cap and black panther leading uh the entire pack you have um all the female characters getting some really really great shine throughout yeah. Um, like these really, really great fight fight sequences, which half the time, let's face it, people don't get the chance to do that, which it's true. is sad, but it should happen more often. Right. Um, the whole sequence with Bucky picking up Rocket and them just shooting in a circle. How much for that arm? Like, <laughs> so much fun. Give me that every day of the week. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will take that. And then Thor coming down in the middle of that battle. That's my favorite MC. Well, okay. I shouldn't say that. Uh, it is one of my favorite MCU moments of all time. Yeah. If I had to pinpoint, like, top five, that's probably number two. I, I agree. Um, so, so Bring like, me Thanos, and he just charges up. Cause yeah. That movie is special to me because I seen it opening night. Yeah, yeah. And you have to go see these movies opening night. It is like watching a pro wrestling show. It is amazing <laughs> how the energy. And the more weeks you wait after it, it's a little bit dead. But man, when you see it opening night, it is a it's an experience. Yeah. I saw Endgame opening night, uh, and that was I cried a couple of times that night. Oh, yeah. It was just so the I. energy in the room was just incredible. Yeah. Um, but I actually saw so I I went kind of I would say the next best time to see Infinity War, where I saw I didn't see it at midnight, but I saw it at like noon the next day. Okay, right. So the hardcores that want to see it are going to be in the theater seeing right. it. Um, and that one was really fun because I also saw that with a friend of mine who is really into MCU and he called half of it. And like, um, <laughs> best part of seeing that movie in theaters when everybody started to disappear, um, when, when they showed the, 
when they showed the clip of Falcon disappearing, I just see hear someone three rows ahead of me go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he must not be too happy about Captain. Uh, oh, probably Falcon not. That, poor, that poor guy must be like turning oh. his grave. Oh, like, my God. Oh, it's terrible. Um, but that one, as far as MCU fights, that's the pinnacle of it for me. And there are certain one-on-ones like um, – Cap and Winter Soldier in uh, in the first Winter Soldier movie, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, that one's a fantastic one when they're on the street and he's blowing everything. Like that movie that's alone best, could be its own. That's the best sequence. solo. I think solo superhero. Yeah, not so. It's not solo, but you know what I mean. Like uh, you know, yeah, I agree. Caps, Thor's, Iron Man's, Ant Man's, all the stuff. And, that's the best. And one. hell, from that from that movie alone, I could pull a huge personal bias. And throw Captain America versus George St. Pierre up on that. Thing. Which is a very fun one. <laughs> because, because that's a, that's a great one. And, you know, GSP is like the best mixed martial artist ever. So I could have total personal I went to, bias a, I, I went to his gym one time in Canada. Really? He's... Well, he, he, well, I didn't get to meet him, but him and Santino Morella shared a school. Oh, really? Canada, Battle Arts Academy. GSP cool. had the UFC. Santino had the uh, WWE. That's, had, that's side, the best fighter in, uh, of all time, in my opinion. Oh, I loved he, fight, he UFC used, back then. Uh, 20... Uh, he retired the first time, twenty-five and two, and it avenged both his losses. Then came back after four years in a totally different division and won the belt in that, and then retired again. Goat, yeah, so yeah, good. he is. Um, but yes, Battle of Wakanda lands my number four on my list. I love it. I love it. All right, my number four is in Avengers. Uh, this is the battle for New York City in the very first. E yes, in the very first yes, Avengers yes, yes. movie. I was like, oh, maybe he's got the same one. Uh, this is a very, very important to me in cinematic history. So this is the first time that movies tied in with each other, I think, to this extent. Movies uh, with different characters all tied into each other. Mm-hmm. All right. The Battle for New York was was big. And I think that's why the Age of Ultron fight was so disappointing was because the, cause the Battle for New York City in the very first Avengers – was so massive. We so know what New massive. York City is. You know, we know that New York City is this huge place, and you know you have military and police and the Avengers all trying to fight and stop these uh, these forces. But man, mm-hmm. that circle up scene again, top five MCU moments. That's probably my number three. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's probably my number three. Seeing those characters circle up for the first time, who I never thought would ever interact with each other on the big screen. I never thought I was going to get an Iron Man movie. Never mm-hmm. thought we were going to get Captain America. Never. Never thought I'd see Hawkeye on the big screen. Um, and I know you know you got Hulk, Thor. You never thought you'd ever see Thor on the big screen, mm-hmm. and Black Widow, who you know wasn't a major ca- comic book character at the point, well known, but not a major character. And they're all the circle up scene. You know, Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner wrote. I was just watching it before we got in here. Bruce Banner rides in on the motorcycle, and you know, Iron Man's bringing that giant flying whale thing. Yep. And oh, you know, Bruce, this would be a really good time for you to turn. To, to turn green or get angry. To get angry. To get angry. And Bruce is like, yeah, that's my secret cap. I'm always, I'm always angry. angry. And he, transforms, hits that one punch. It's it. it's perfect. Yeah. It's so good. And then the, the, the Avengers theme starts playing. Da, 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 and they're circling around the camera. And I, I watched, what I watched was a live like theater reaction, which is like, I'm increasingly appreciating those. And it was loud. And it was, it was excited. It was excitable. And that's what I love. I will never forget going to see that movie with my little brother Jonathan for the first time because it was, like you said, I never thought I would see a movie of that scale. Right. Ever. Ever. And all of a sudden, and you'll relate to this, it was cool to be a superhero nerd all of a sudden. Finally. Finally. You are 100% right. It was finally. Finally. 
You're right. Finally. And then you had all the casual people who hadn't watched them before that coming to people like us and asking the questions about like, hey, um, you put out a so, pedestal. so yep. who was that guy at the end of the movie that made the and you're like, oh, you mean Thanos, yeah. one of the best Marvel villains ever? Yep. <laughs> yeah. A hundred. It was it, it you know, it, it, it was the birth of, of big pop culture stuff. And you know, I remember getting made fun of in the fifth grade for having a Batman T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And now here I am on the flip side. You know, now Marvel's all this big popular brand and everybody all of a sudden likes comic book characters. Everybody. Again. What a time to be alive. Yeah. It's wonderful. No, it is. And it, I think it's, it's deserved is. because it. It, they're so cool. Superheroes are so cool and comic books are so cool and people should be able to appreciate that I stuff. agree. Yeah. You know, and they're finding ways to stay relevant, mm-hmm. which is... Which is and important stuff, and that, that's that that which is good. I don't want to see superhero movies become so bogged down that it goes the way of the western and mm-hmm. disappears, or some of these other you know kung fu movies back in the day. I want to see superhero movies stay fresh, and they've actually done a very good job of that. So. Yeah, I'm quite excited so. for what the direction they're oh, heading. Oh, you and me both, my friend. But yes, Ooh. number four, Battle for New York City, uh, for in the very first Avengers. All right, top three. Let's go. Let's do it. So my number three um, is from a movie that I feel like 50% of people have seen and 50% of people haven't. Um, This is from the movie The Raid 2. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie before. Um, It is a, I want to say it's a Thai movie uh, originally. Okay. But it's... uh, it's this dude that they're kind of connected. The, both movies are kind of connected, but they're kind of not. I think it's the same police agency in both of them, but it's a different one. The Raid one focuses on them busting this, I believe, drug ring in this apartment building. They all get trapped in it, like this whole police unit. And the one guy is like an expert martial artist. And like the action sequences in it are fantastic. Right. Um, the Raid 2 picks up with um, this police officer who's working undercover in this unit of guys who are, you know, doing some bad shit. I can't remember necessarily because it's it's subtitled too. So, but the action sequences are what to pay attention to in this movie overall. Um, so in this sequence, uh, he's, the main character is going through this gauntlet of people, this gauntlet of just like boom, 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 like, trying to enter this this building, getting met with guys at the front, getting met with people in the hallway, and then they almost work it to where there are sub-bosses and bosses. So the first two sub-bosses that they have, uh, it's this girl who's blind, but she has two hammers, and that's what she uses her weapons. Okay. And the guy that she's with has a baseball and a bat. And he's so precise that he can just out of nowhere just toss it up and smack the baseball and like hit people from everywhere and like then use the bat as a separate weapon That's if he cool needs shit. to, right? It's it's a cool and that whole sequence is fantastic. But then you get to um, the main character's battle with the top henchman, and it's in this kitchen, this white kitchen with like just this stainless steel background and things, right? And. The top henchman is there, and they see each other, and they meet. Main character is all bloodied and stuff at this point still, but he's still up and moving and everything like that. Um, and the fo- the footwork in particular in this scene is what makes it number three for me. Okay. And the actual, like, martial arts, like, almost, like, honor within this fight. Is, what's this movie called? Raid it's 2? It's called The Raid 2. You can find this whole fight on YouTube. It's, okay. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. So... 
within this, you have these two guys walking towards each other. And if you pull it up, you'll be able to kind of see what I'm talking about, too. Um, but they walk in, and the what the henchman does, the lead one, is he takes a martial arts stance, like a regular uh, kind of almost like a horseback stance. Okay. And puts his puts his hand out like this, and the main character does the same. And they inch towards each other to the point where their palms are connected like this. Um, and... So so it starts, and that signifies this honor between them, right? They're starting in a traditional martial arts pose. And then they start landing their blows, right? So there there are a couple that they land, they land, they land. They come back together in this position. Land, 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 back and forth. Come back together with it. Then it starts getting crazy. I'm watching right now. Yeah. As you're telling it, it's, it's, this is wild. Yeah. So then it starts... Sequencing up, and the the whole fight is six and a half minutes long, so it's a long sequence. But th- then they start getting intense. They're throwing each other through glass, breaking bottles over each other's head. Right, every move is beautiful and precise. The way they're doing it, you could tell these guys are just trained martial artists and have this been for fun. years. It's fantastic. Then the lead henchman pulls two knives out of his uh, out of his pocket, and shit starts getting real. Like, real quick, where all of a sudden the main guy's dodging these blades now and doing all this. And then there's a point after they've gotten all the sequence, like all the sequence, henchman ends up at the other side of the room. Uh, main character's on the other side. And they're both down. Now they're exhausted. Now the honor's out of it. And they look at each other. And this look that they give each other is, one of us is going to die. <laughs> That's what it, it's this intensity of... One of us is not getting out of here, and it's not going to be me. And then um, the main character ends up getting the one knife out of the guy's hand through later in the sequence, right? Now they're kind of cutting each other up a little bit. But at one point, they're hooked, right? And this is one of the beautiful things I love about this is that it shows how much martial arts they incorporate into it. The lead henchman pulls him in a tie clinch, right? Right. So he's pulling him in like this, grabbing his head, and then just hitting him with uppercuts in the clinch, and then popping him out, bringing him back, hitting him with uppercuts like that. And then, so tides eventually turn, right? Main character ends up getting the knives, hook in the ribs, turns, gets gets the lead guy, Gets the dude's throat while he's holding him in a position. And he just feels. And he feels the life leaving the dude. And when the dude drops, you see for a second in the main character, there's just the slightest just not like that. Right. And it was this like, and it was almost him saying in that moment, you fought like really, really, like you almost got me. But like that's it. Holy shit. It's... Matt, when you can watch it like unrestricted, watch this scene. This is amazing. It's six I'm so and a half. I haven't seen it. It's six and a half minutes of yeah, pure. There's, there's the knife. beauty. Yep. I skipped through it as you were talking. Yep. That's amazing. You got to watch the whole. It's worth the whole six and a half minutes. Okay. Um, that whole movie again. That's another one. You could take all the action sequences in it and pick out. <laughs> Just all these crazy... They do this crazy sequence between two cars where the main character's uh, captured in the back of a car at one point, and there's four guys within it, and he he wakes up midway through, and he starts fighting the four guys that are around him, and he's landing all these close-range shots and doing this. Meanwhile, there's a, like a detective that knows he's undercover that's driving after him and fending off all these guys on motorcycles, 
they shot the sequence by putting a camera. They had a guy on a motorcycle shooting some of these parts and then dropping back and going to the other guy. Really? To like keep it like kind of one shot and look. It's it's so I love good. one shot looks. Too. Um, yeah. So the raid two definitely has the better sequences of both, and that kitchen fight is the number one fight they have in that entire movie. In okay. My opinion. All righty. That was amazing. It's so good. Very good. Well spoken too. You like read it like perfectly. I appreciate it. That was very well done. Okay. Years of watching MMA. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. Holy Christ. Okay. My number three. We're going back to J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. My favorite Lord of the Rings-esque Hobbit fight was the Battle of the Five Armies. Hey, very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I it was hard to... You, you cared a little bit about the, the, the dwarves. Sure. Right? You cared a little bit about the dwarf characters. Um, but, you know, the, the Hobbit did a really good job of entangling all these different races and making them main characters, right? The elves were featured, I think, a little bit more heavily... Uh, in this one, you, you, you know, you have the instances in Lord of the Rings, but again, dwarves. You know, Gimli was the only one you really knew of mm-hmm. in this movie and uh, in this series of movies. And man, the Battle of the Five Armies was so intense because it starts off with you know they they, they they Smog gets killed off essentially, like you know before the dwarves get the castle and you know the elves are prepared to make war on the on the dwarves because mm-hmm. they had I think they were they were there was jewelry gems something in in the in um in the mountains yeah. that, that belonged to them. And then all of a sudden the uh, <laughs> the other dwarves come, and then oh, the, it's an ambush! It's a big ambush. They got them pinned back, and all these you know orcs and, and goblins and all sorts of stuff are are ambushing uh, the characters. And they actually like it's some of the stuff is really neat because they unite. They, they like unite. Like one of my favorite things was when um, uh, the dwarves made a line in front of the elves, mm-hmm. and they, they stuck out their spears. They're ready to take them all on, and the elves jump over them and go after, and they start cutting up all these creatures. The one dude, he's on the giant moose, mm-hmm. and it's intense. And then you know the be- the action sequences are great, and then eventually the elves inside uh, were were talking to um, uh, the king. Of the- Damn it, Theo? No, it's not Theoden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of his name either. Uh, I'm so bad with. I'm I, terrible with names now. Yep, yep. Um, let's see. So ashamed. So ashamed. I I constantly suffer through this shame. I'm watching an anime right now, and every time Thorin. I, yep, there Thorin we go. Thorin Oakenshield, where he's like he he gets free. He's like, okay, I gotta stop. I don't have this gold sickness. We gotta we gotta go help them out. And they, you know, the the horn, the big old Galahorn, mm-hmm. and and they break down the door, and all the the dwarves start running out, and all the dwarves rally behind them, and uh, oh my god, it's so cool! It's really cool. The, yeah. the way they do They're um, rallying to their king mm-hmm. Gandalf said, and it was like the coolest sequence, and, and and that was another very long battle sequence. Yes, it was probably I think an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool when you see that. That was I I would definitely agree the best. Uh, the best fight in uh, the Hobbit movies, for sure. Yeah. For for, for sure. Um, and another beautifully done one, right? Like, that's what people wanted to see to climb. And I, I think we they fall in this pattern of, okay, we want to see these movies kind of end with something like this, Something right? crazy. And yeah. It, it's certainly because, I mean, at that point, I mean, the main purpose of those, those Hobbit movies was um, to, you know, to, to defeat Smog, and, and, you know, the books, it, it, the books don't last very long after that. Mm-hmm. Like, the books were intense. They really expanded this movie to be a massive fight, mm-hmm. and it was really good. You know, you had Legolas coming in, you had, uh, oh, they added the, the, the woman in, 
Oh, see, I'm terrible with names. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm terrible with names. So they added the woman in, uh, and she's having this fight with you know these these giant orc creatures, and it's all setting up the uh, you know it's just all setting up the uh, the eventual future of the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the, the trilogy. You know, and oh, the, the fighting sequences were just amazing. Again, the music sells it. And just the massive scale of yeah. the battles, I think, is, is is really impressive. I feel like we've had a common theme of like the atmosphere adding to it a lot. It adds a lot. Mm-hmm. The environment has got to be right, you know. And again, the music. I'm such a music nerd too. Me too. I love music, and it, it, and music really helps sell a a fight for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Um. So my number two for this list. Um. I in doing, you know. In doing a lot of research for this, too, I was trying to, like, Google stuff to remind myself of movies and stuff and, like, certain fight sequences. A lot of people had uh, Keanu Reeves's first fight in The Matrix up there as one of the best ones of all time. And, like, and in their top three, I get it, but I... Unpopular opinion, I don't know that The Matrix holds well up as well now... As it did when it came. I know a lot of people agree with you. Out. Um, Because the first time I watched it, I I watched it later than most people. I think I watched it at like 17, 18. I was like, huh, okay, this is good, but I don't necessarily see like why this was so groundbreaking. Right. Um, But great action sequence, right? Like him and uh, Mr. Anderson at the end. Slow motion stuff. Fantastic and groundbreaking with that. However,. It does not compare in the slightest to the nightclub scene in the first John Wick movie. So the first nightclub scene, that's where you first get the flavor of who the hell John Wick is, right? <laughs> right. And from, from the time he goes to the bodyguard or to the um, doorman and puts the gun to his head and says, evening, and says his name, and the guy being like, uh, hello, Mr. Wick, or like knowing who he is, right? And then John being like, why don't you take the night off? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Wick. And like, because he knows, right? He knows, like, if I stay here, I'm going to die. Right. If I stay here, I'm going to die tonight. Then he gets in that club and no one is fucking safe. He is shooting every and just the the precision in the shots and and a lot of gunplay in this list I left out on purpose. Right. But the gunplay in this movie in general, he's not missing a target. And at one point he sees the dude he's going after in a pool and the dude's making a move for his gun. And John Wick just looks at him and all of a sudden he's not touching the gun anymore. And Wick has a guy on the ground and is looking at him. He sees him going for his gun, then flips the dude and shoots him in the face, right? Like just as a warning of, oh, this is... And he doesn't end. He doesn't end on top in this fight scene either, which is, I think, a very interesting element of it. Right. The last thing you see in it is him getting thrown off a balcony and landing directly on his back, just taking the worst bump he could have possibly taken through that. <laughs> um, you know, when knocked out of him, stumbling out of the club, doesn't get his man, but it sets up through the whole movie. This is what you're going to get, and it's only going to go up from here. He he goes through everybody in the sequence there's a moment where he's he's fighting a guy and he's like he's hitting him and he pulls out his gun and he goes to and he goes to shoot him and he's like out of bullets and you see Keanu for a second like there's this moment like like he's he's upset that he's out of bullets and he has to wait and the dude's just still stunned standing against this pole and like John Wish just popping the clip out popping it back in cocking boom and like just (laughs) 
it, it's a non it's nonstop, and the music that they use for it too. It's another thing where they like they use the best club song they could possibly use for it, where it's like yeah. this mellow, low key kind of. I like how you're just shooting people. There's like in the actual like dancing club part, and yep. nobody's running away. Nope. Everybody's just chilling. They can't hear the shots. <laughs> you know how hard, how loud it is in a club. So it's, yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. Holy shit. Yeah, it, and it, when you look into the training that Keanu did for that movie too, and um, the drills he was running, and like uh, the weapons training he did for everything, uh, you respect him a whole lot more for doing these sequences because he is putting a hundred percent of everything. He's a into tremendous that. actor, and all the John Wick movies have these crazy ass sequences in them, but. That was the defining one that I, I think a lot of people got interested in John Wick because of. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm just watching this. I mean, again, in clips and stuff, and it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So it's great choice stuff. for number two. Thank great you, choice sir. for number two. Thank you, sir. All right, my number two. Uh, this is the other half of the Avengers: Infinity War, mm. and we're talking about Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Spider Man, and the Guardians of the Galaxy versus Thanos because hey. there was urgency. In this mm-hmm. fight, there was urgency. Thanos is telling a story. You, he's got four stones at this point, and we got to prevent him from getting the last two. Yep. And there's so much urgency, and I still watch it to this day. You know, it's it's just cool to see all these characters mesh first and foremost. Absolutely. You know, the Guardians interacting with Iron Man, Spider Man is something I never thought that I would have seen, mm-hmm. but it was that cool. And it just like it's it's still cool to watch it to this day, and you get to see all their personalities come through and all these abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Iron Man being this big techie, uh, Spider Man flipping around, Drax. Being Drax, Mantis with her powers, you know, Nebula eventually, Doctor Strange, all mystic. You get to see it all come together, and you can definitely tell they're unorganized, but it's just cool to see them try and just try and come together. Like it's it's it's. In another cool, expanding on what you just said too, you even get to see, even though he makes the stupidest move in the whole MCU, you see Star Lord show through too. Yeah, because I love Star Lord. He thinks with his his heart sometimes way too much through that, and you see a moment. Where he does that in this, where it costs everybody because I of that. still watch this scene. I still watch this scene 100%. Uh, I still watch the scene and be like, man, don't do it, Star Lord. Like, yeah. I still think there's like a chance for him to not like do it. And like, they almost have the gauntlet. Peter has it all. He's, he's, almost, he's almost got it. And, and Thanos wakes up and pulls it and knocks him back. It's really amazing. And just uh, in the scene, too, where, where Thanos pulls that moon and throws it at Iron Man, is, it's. it's it's incredible. It's awesome. That was one of the ad, like the advertisement things. You know, ad, mm-hmm. this is one of the commercial ways that they advertise this thing. So it's it's cool. You, you know, everything just starts to kind of fall apart, and it ends with, uh, you know, the, just the dusting. Everybody kind of going away. Iron Man gets stabbed. We think he might be dead. Yep. It's it's. And then I just watched him get stabbed. Yeah, it's, it was. I remember that everybody's jaw dropped. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Pin dropped in the movie theater when that happened. You heard the breath just go out of everybody. Like. <gasps> Are they going to kill him? Yeah, and then when the dust thing started <laughs> happening, it was it was crazy. But it this yeah this is legit. It's such a good, very good action sequence. And again, it's complementing the other one too. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the one you referred to earlier, it's so, so good. So yeah, that's my number two. Um, that's such a good, 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 solid sequence. Um, I I think. I think you're justified totally in putting that up there. I and I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. They, it blends so well together. It disheartens you after, which sometimes yeah. battles have to leave you like that, right? Yes. And it gives 
worse than that, it gives Thanos the ultimate power at right. the end. It gives the, the time stone, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it, and it was it was really quick. You know, the, the time stone is like the coolest one. They never try to use it against him, and in this and that. But you know, him getting the time stone makes it possible for him to get the mind stone from Vision after Scarlet Witch tries to kill him or tries to blow him up, and he just yeah. undoes it. And it's just it's crazy how it all just lined up perfectly for it, that moment. It was all. Gorgeous. It, it was. was all gorgeous. It Infinity was. War is one of my favorite movies specifically. It's my favorite MCU movie. Yeah. It's my favorite MCU movie. It, I, I, I hold it in higher regard than I do Endgame. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so my number one is some people may agree with this, some may not. Uh, I have a personal love for this one because it just blew my fucking mind the first time I saw it. Um, but it comes from the movie Kingsman. And mm. my number one fight sequence of all time um, <laughs> is Colin Firth in the church uh, getting affected by Valentine's brainwave for the first time. That makes everybody just go nuts and start killing each other because that's, you know, for people that haven't seen Kingsman, it is, uh, it's a fantastic movie, but it's almost like a modern day iteration of James Bond, right? right? It has your stereotypical villains, you have your stereotypical villain plot of taking over the world, and this is the first time you see the villain's uh doomsday device in action so to speak and it's this sound wave that just makes people turn on each other and starts killing so he's in this like baptist really toxic church right and the whole sequence starts with him first saying all these vile things in her language to this woman who's next to him ending with so hail Satan, so hail satan and have a lovely day and then walking away then the brave wave kicks and Freebird starts playing through this sequence (laughs) and he immediately pulls out his gun and starts killing everybody around him and then when the bullets run out all of a sudden he's killing everybody with anything he can find and it's your number one like you see all his agent skills starting to be pulled off in any sense that he can and when he transitions from the gun and starts killing people with anything he can find it gets so wild it gets Absolutely wild, and the way the shots and the way the cameras angling, Freebird it's a, it's playing a one shot. It's a thing. one shot for those who don't mm-hmm. know. It is, it is following him the entire way, the entire way. And by the time he is done, everybody in the church is dead. It's, Everyone. It is. And it, he, it's he, crazy. And he walks out not even knowing what happened yeah like he has no idea what possessed him to do that he has no idea what like and then you know spoiler something happens to him shortly after but it's it 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 sets the um the end game up for that movie beautifully it does and the first time i saw that i (laughs) i had never i've never seen an action sequence like that i've never seen an action sequence like that before and i don't think i ever will again no, because again, people are gonna try and duplicate this, but it just won't be the, the same. The elements just perfect, perfect through that. And again, um, I try not to in- include gunplay so much in this, right? Because it's so easy to have a fight where fifteen people are shooting machine guns at each other. So easy to have that. But the fact that he transitions from that to so many other items throughout that. It, it it's just a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of a movie fight. This is yeah. This is amazing. And it always gets my adrenaline pumping. 
And that's why it lands number one on my list. That is a excellent, excellent number one. Thank you, sir. I phenomenal, and I'm mad that I forgot this scene. I'm mad. I'm glad because I would have I would have taken away your thunder. I'm I'm mad. I would I, I'm glad because I, I would have taken away your, the thunder of you describing this scene mm-hmm. as your number one. This is. Oh my god, this is incredible! I like that we had a lot of different ones, though. I too. am too. I was nervous that we'd have some similar ones. Mm-hmm. We had, I don't think we had any similar ones. No, I don't think so. We so. had some out of the same movies, but different ones out different of different scenes. So. Yeah. All right, and that leaves you with my number one. Hell yeah! All right, so everybody knows I'm a big, big Star Wars freak, and to me, there is the pinnacle of Star Wars lightsaber duels is the end of Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. I knew Episode you were going to say that. I knew that was going to be Obi Wan Kenobi versus Anakin Skywalker. That, that I beautifully. Beautifully, beautifully rehearsed, beautifully done, and th- that's the thing with this one. So it had all the great action choreography that that uh, the episode one lightsaber battle had, right between Maul, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan. But this also had storyline. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the this is the grand finale. All right, everything that happens, you know, this after this, it's the it's the original trilogy. So we want to know how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. It's it's really it's it's so well done. Just the the emotion that they're going tit for tat. This is student versus trainer, and you know, it's so like there's a lot of emotions that run through your mind when this happens. It's so intense. When when I sat in the movie theater for that my it was my yeah birthday, we went to go see it in 2005. Yeah, 2005. I just I got so hyped up, and and the music for that one they played. You know, they had a special music for that one, uh, Battle of the Heroes. Mm-hmm. And just watching two blue blades just go back and forth. These two friends who, uh, you know, uh, earlier in the movie were, you know, seemingly inseparable. They were just like they were just like that. And to see how it all broke down, how everything kind of fell apart, it was. Uh, it's really it, it's it's my favorite battle scene of all time. And to see the pain in Obi Wan through all that too, you know, it gets mean. But the yeah, the you were the chosen one. Yeah, it, you were my brother. I loved you. Yeah, and just setting up everything. So. It's it's. That redeemed the whole third movie, right? Like, for for the most part. There were a lot of cool sequences in that. But episode two is always the wonky one people talk about, like, with certain things within it. Yeah, they didn't and, like it, yeah. And some people lost interest by three, right? But that fight scene alone shows that they still cared about everything yeah. that they were doing. Like, there's still genuine care and love for, their, for the series. And... You're right. There's no lightsaber battle that means more in that series than that one. Right. It, it's Nothing. just the perfect ending to segue to where we were when we started our our story with everything. 100%. It's perfect. I, 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 and love, I love it. I just, yeah. I, just, I had this sneaking suspicion that that was going to be your number one, too. Always my, that has been my number one for the last 16 years. Yeah. And well, for good reason. There's very, very good reason for that to be number one. Yeah. They did everything right with that battle. They did. They really, truly did. And everybody, that is it. That is our top 10 favorite movie battles slash fights. Mr. Torres, I want to thank you so much oh, man. for uh, coming on and spending some time with me and talking movies. It's always great to talk to you. Um, it's fun to do it in podcasts. Always great to talk to you, my so. friend. Always happy to be a part of your shows, and I'm always happy when you are a part of mine. And this was real fun, and now I'm going to go home and watch some good movie battles Same again. Same here, my man. Same here. So to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go check out Your Average Ordinary and his uh, Dan Torres' new show coming up soon. Be on the lookout for it on our network. And, uh, you know, in closing, as always, do you even list? 
Okay, we all see celebrity stories on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere we can absorb information from every day. But what about the people in our hometowns who make the world go around but don't get any recognition for it? Hi, I'm Dan Torres, and my podcast, Your Average Ordinary, focuses on those people. Those people that have extraordinary lives, jobs, hobbies, talents that you may not even know about that you walk past on the street every day. Join me every Saturday as I'm joined with a new friend to talk about how their average ordinary life impacts so many others. And there's so much to talk about because there are so many different people. You like movies? We talk about that. You like acting? We talk about that a lot. You like video games? I'm always talking about video games. Join us every Saturday, Your Average Ordinary, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you can find.